Good day, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper. It's Saturday night, and I'm here with In Focus, running with the pack. The music I'm listening to this evening. Well, before I say that, let me say this. I'll go back. It's In Focus, running with the pack. The people we knew are hopefully still a big part of the people we know. Get it? The people we knew are hopefully a big part of the people we know. The music I'm listening to tonight, I'm beginning with Little Sonny, Big Sonny, The Intruders. The song is Cowboys to Girls. Um, good day, I hope today finds you well. And uh, life is good because you're alive. It starts there. Hey, listen, before I get into this, I want to say something. Um, I've had glaucoma for probably 10, 12 years, maybe longer than that. And over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed a lot of psychedelic activities going on in my eyes. Um, you know, like, like remember Roy and Martin's laughing or stuff where they throw all this. It's just like, like I was taking acid, which I wasn't. I hadn't done it in 45 years. But I'm just saying, it was like constant. I mean, you know, maybe once an hour, over the hour, then it started increasing and increasing. And I was getting really worried. One day uh, last week, I didn't feel comfortable getting behind the wheel of a car. And my youngest son came over the house. And I'm stressing. I tried to make an emergency doctor's appointment. And he looked at me. He said, Dad, where are your glasses? I said, excuse me? He said, where are your glasses? Now, I have two pairs of glasses. I wear them at night when I'm driving. I wear them at night when I'm driving. But I didn't wear them regularly. Plus, I'm also now starting to read audiobooks. So I'm spending a lot more time than I ever had behind a computer screen. With a little light that's beaming right down on me. All of these things contributed. I put on my glasses. I did go to the eye doctor, don't get me wrong. Glaucoma still glaucoma. I did though put on my glasses and now everything is cool. And it came from my youngest and who knows. Um, but what I want to talk about today is a pack. And again, I like to think of these podcasts as being from a boardroom's perspective. Um, I put it out there in the boardroom. You take it to your breakout rooms and you discuss it with whoever you like to discuss it with. We all have been a part of a pack. More than one pack. And still are. And, and my definition of a pack is people you live with and live through times in our lives. Um, starts very early and, and it continues all through our life. And here's the good thing. When I said the people we knew early on in our lives that we formed packs with, hopefully still are a big part of the people we know. Because once you make that pack and you're given Godspeed to keep going to be a man of a certain age, a woman of a certain age, and you see anybody you were connected with in any of those packs along your way, the first thing I put out is respect. Because it ain't easy. The second thing I put out is joy. Because I'm glad to see they're doing okay. And I'm just glad to see them. Um, so, now listen, I, 
I have a, I've done a pod, a two or three podcasts in April of 2018 called The Corner Store. And The Corner Store basically uh, addresses the neighborhood I grew up in in North Philadelphia. Uh, I lived on 21st and Master Street in North Philadelphia. Wonderful neighborhood. Here's the other thing. This, firstly, is North Philadelphia, too. The stylistics. The, sound, the song is People Make the World Go Round. Um, here's the other thing, too. Neighborhoods, everything evolves one way or the other. Not always to the good, but one way or the other. And I've spoken on my neighborhood, again, 21st and Master Streets in North Philadelphia, seven blocks from Broad Street, which if you know anything about Philadelphia, that's one of the main thoroughfares. Um, in between Thompson Street and Oxford Street and Columbia Avenue and on the little streets in between like Seibert and Ingersoll and I'm forgetting a lot of names, but still, um, it was a great neighborhood. It really was. And the mythology is that everybody had to try to get out of the hood. Just wasn't true. A lot of us wanted to leave our neighborhood. Um, we didn't have to. Listen, here's the other thing, too. This is 2022. In my neighborhood, and I'm going to say within five, six square blocks, in my neighborhood in North Philadelphia, when I was growing up in the 70s, um, there was, within walking distance from my house, not a mile walking distance, but within walking distance, there was a clinic, a medical clinic right around the corner. There was a library maybe four blocks away. There were a couple of grocery stores. There was a doctor's office. There was a, a supermarket five or six blocks away. Uh, there was a recreation center six or seven blocks away. This was in the 70s. We could walk to a medical center in an emergency. There was a private doctor's office three blocks away. Of course, there was a funeral home as there always is in Philadelphia. But I'm just saying, um, and, and in that environment, we played outside, okay? This is before the computer generation. You guys know what I'm saying. We played outside because we were told to play outside, mostly. And there was nothing to do inside. Monkey bars were real metal. No, and there was no mulch on the ground. But it was okay. I don't remember anybody getting hurt except for Carol Jefferson, my best friend. But that's another story. But here's the deal. When I'm talking about packs, I'm saying... Maybe in elementary school, you developed a group of friends to help you get work through that. Now, I'm going to forget people, and you're going to forget people when you start thinking about it. But right off the top of my head, my elementary school crew was Carol Jefferson. Again, I've known her probably longer than anybody in my life. That's not in my family. Um, Louis Diggs, Ellie, uh, Kenneth James who at that time, we thought it was funny to give him the nickname we gave him. I'm not gonna tell you, but it wasn't. But he's, he's still, he's a professor now, okay? Uh, professor Emeritus, I believe, at University of Delaware. There was, um, on the side streets, there was the Cheryl Lewis, there was a Jerome Cephas, all these families. Hey, I can name just about every family, and I wonder, I'm probably sure you can too, every family that was on your block. And on my block, I would say we're in row houses in North Philadelphia, it might have been 50 houses on a block, maybe 60. Um, but 
on the other side of the street, my best friend, Terry Savage, the next Savage family, uh, Wayne, Pat, Stephanie, all of those guys. There was the Draytons. There was uh, Big Willie and Cornelius and Joyce, the, uh, the Banks. There was Miss um, Gaines' house. Miss Gaines was neighborhood royalty. So all we know, everybody, that's Miss Gaines' house. They live next to Drayton. On my side, there was our family, uh, you know all about, there was the Hollies next to us before that. There was family who became family for real with us. Jehovah Witnesses used to live there. Now in Philadelphia, the Jehovah Witnesses would come by every Saturday with the magazines. Well, they lived next door and they ended up, one of them ended up marrying one of my cousins and had kids. So we became real family. Um, but the Holly family, the Millhouse family. And here's the other thing. Right within my neighborhood, I can think of the Coleman's, the Finney's, the Highs, uh, the Harpers, the Millhouse, where there might have been at least ten or at least ten kids in all of these families, and everybody knew everybody, and everybody formed packs one way or the other, whether you knew you were doing it or not. If you had a common interest um, with somebody else in your neighborhood in elementary school, or maybe it was just you lived on the same block and you walked to school together, because hey guys, we walked to school. In elementary school. There was no kindergarten, I remember. We walked to school and we came home for lunch. Dick Van Dyke always came on at 12 o'clock and we walked right back to school. But you develop packs with people and you find out that you develop these packs when you find that they want the same things you want in a certain way. They want to work. They want to do something. They want to try something. And I'm not saying everybody else didn't, but everybody had a different thing they wanted to do or work to or wanted to try. But that was elementary school. Now, some of your elementary school, some of my elementary school pack came to me, came with me to junior high school, but also people came and added on. Uh, there was Kelowna and, and Robert's family. There was uh, Monroe, Barry Monroe, and his mom, who was a teacher at the junior high school, which again was four blocks walking distance from the house. And our gym was on the roof. Yeah. Our gym was on the roof in a gated dome. That's another story. But those packs, again, in junior high school, when you start developing interest in what you really want to do, more people came into your pack and you formed different kinds of packs. Now, here's the other thing, too. I believe there was, uh, there was neighborhood packs and there were school packs. And again, you could be in the same, you could be in both. You could be in my neighborhood pack and my school pack if we went to the same junior high school but we always came back to the same neighborhood but it was like-minded kids who were around the kids they were comfortable with and discovering the world and who they were at the same time and the world was a completely different place in the 70s and in the 60s especially for a kid um so we held on to those beliefs. You develop games um, with, you know, with, with the people in your pack. Uh, the Bird family was around the corner. My cousins, the Hills, Daryl, Darren, Diane, and Donna, and their mom, Ting. You know, so many things you remember. And, and, and all of these people who are alive today, when I see them, I smile. Because it's like, hey, firstly, we're still here and we're okay. And we still have a lot of the beliefs that were put into our foundation as young people. And even 
I might not see, and you might not see people in your middle school or junior high. I'm not, it was junior high then. In your junior high school, your high school pack, you might not see them for years. But if y'all were truly in the same pack, you still are. And, and you're grateful, because I'm grateful, because I can think of instances where maybe somebody in my pack helped me stay in the pack, helped me stay on course. Little things that you don't think about till years later that maybe it wouldn't have taken me off course, but it would have altered something. So there was a junior high school pack. Um, there was also the high school pack. And that's where you really start to come about with who you are, or you, so you think you do. But, and relationships in, in your high school pack are even, it's, it's like the bond, and again, your junior high school pack, if you go to the same high school, some of those people might stay in, stay in your pack. I went to a vocational technical high school, uh, Dobbins, Muriel Dobbins, the Mustangs, and we spent half a day doing the basics, reading, rap, reading, writing, arithmetic, and the rest of the day we spent in shops. Um, I was with Vladimir Weiss, who was the industrial chemistry teacher. So we spent four hours a day learning how to make salt and wanted to be pharmacists. I didn't want to be a pharmacist. What I didn't, what I got out of though was computer technology. That's when they had those really big papers and all that. It was all new. I didn't want to do that. I really wanted to do music and I was spent most of my time music and sports. But in our schools, and if you know anything about vocational and technical high schools, um, if you receive a job, a 40 hour a week job in the 11th grade or 12th grade, they will freeze your grades at that time. They froze your grades wherever they were, and you went to work full time, and you came back to graduate, because the goal was to get a job, and and develop a skill which could pay you. So it wasn't always about college; it was about work. But that's when we made things, when America really made things and built things. But the high school packs were fun because we kind of thought we knew what we were doing in high school. Um, there were more situations that were probably. Um, we became more responsible for things that we put ourselves into. But then there was also more dreams, more, more things we knew we wanted to try, and we just had to get to that point where we could do it. Um, so, high school pack, college packs. Um, again, Different pack, same people. If, if you find, I find, for me, it was finding, finding people who I guess could put up with me <laughs> and who, who could think, not like me, but think with or against me. This is uh, the Brothers Johnson. The song is I'll Be Good To You. Um, high school. Dobbins, we took a trip to Washington, D.C. and for our high school class trip and there was a band called Father's Child or something like that that played this song there, it was really fun and Mr. Klein I did not have the liquor I had the weed so 
but that's the high school pack. And 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 the, and the cool thing about the high school pack, when you really, that's when you really start to think you know who you are, or the people that are around you. You're, it's a different type of discovery. And to this day, the closest friends to me that I consider, whether I talk to them once a week or once every ten years, are my neighborhood pack and my high school pack. Hey, don't get me wrong. College was great. I had some uh, touring choir. I had a lot of great. Uh, there was fraternities and social fellowships. G5G. And so it's a lot of different things. I was in college that were really cool. But for me, all of my packs are still there and they're still important. High school developed into another kind of pack, which was designed by a, one of our classmates. Uh, Tariq calls it Fotas, Friends of the Heart and Soul. Fotas, Friends of the Heart and Soul. And we take that seriously. Um, I can reach out to these guys and not talk to them for 10 years and come up and spill all of everything that's happened to me in the last year. And we know how to feed and nurture each other still to this day. And I'm sure you guys have groups like that too, um, because that's what life is about. It's about a series, to me, of packs. Um, there's a saying that used to, we used to say that I was told that if you find out you're the smartest person in your group, you need to find another group. Well, maybe so, but that doesn't mean you have to totally leave the one you're in. <laughs> you know, um, it's about the direction you choose to go in. Now, um, the other thing too is that when I was emboldened by my packs through life, um, you realize the things that I wanted and hearing about some of my friends and the dreams they wanted um, within my block. My block alone, 21st and Madison Street, there's Staff Sergeant uh, Terry Savage, there's Dr. Diane Marshall and her sister, Dr. I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, but there's another doctor. My brother's a, a executive at NBC Sports in Washington. There's a lot of people who came out of that neighborhood because they wanted to. There wasn't, I mean, yeah, the neighborhood had its, had its challenges. Sure it did. But the neighborhood had a lot of love too. And as kids, we don't always know if somebody doesn't say the word, we don't always know what to call it. Um, I grew up with my mother, my grandmother, my uncle, and there were 12 kids. And not one day in my life I think that I hear my mother or my grandmother say, I love you, have a good day. But you know what they did? We had a very safe house. We had a very positive environment. We had a warm environment. We had heat. We had food. We were taken care of. We didn't worry once we got in our house and the older you get the more you realize they're telling you they love you every day my mother worked one job and off that had a lot of offsprings of other things because she had 12 kids and she sacrificed with my grandmother who rarely ever left the house they sacrificed together because that's the way they said they love us now for me and the woman I related to by marriage with our children, we chose to tell them that every day as well. 
as do the lessons that I learned and we learned from our parents. You can say whatever you want to say, but you got to show it too, you know, because sooner or later everybody's going to figure it out if you just if you just talk it. So I'm curious. Think about your packs in life. Think about the pack you have right now. Might be a pack of friends that you met within the last five or ten years. But here's the cool thing. For me, any new friends are add-ons. They're add-ons. They don't replace anybody. They add to my life. They add to my history. They add to my legacy. They're add-ons. They're blessings, just like the other ones were. And even though I don't get a chance to see a lot of people from my neighborhood, um, the block we live on has probably been, well, I know the house I lived in was demolished. I know a lot of other houses on the block were demolished. <clears throat> and it's going to look like really nice houses in about a couple years. You know how that thing goes. It's seven blocks away from Temple University, so we really know how that thing goes. Um, but you know what? Again, I'm not mad at anybody because we could have people could have still owned those houses and made some money off of that if they chose to, if they knew how to, if they knew how to, at that time. Because a lot of things, I didn't think people knew how to do. Maybe they did, but the goal for a lot of us in those neighborhoods was day to day for a while. Um, we had to survive. I also had the blessing of having a job in a grocery store from the time I was 11 years old until I went to college. Um, talking about a blessing, there's 12 kids to feed, I work at the grocery store. So I, I got to see everybody in that neighborhood probably more than anybody else because I'm in the store after school during the school year and all day during the summertime. Um, but the other thing is too, is that why I loved my neighborhood, I knew that I was one of those people who needed to leave because there was other things I wanted to see that I couldn't see there. And this reinforced itself when I spent five, six years in North Carolina um, getting a BA degree. Yeah, I spent six years getting a BA degree because I got kicked out of school twice. Okay. Some of the things I'm not going to tell you, I'll tell you that. I got kicked out of school twice for social things. Um, but after I finally graduated, there was no job for me in North Carolina. I went back to Philadelphia. And the hairs on the back of my neck almost stood up because I found myself back in my house that I grew up in with a college degree and not a lot of prospects. And the neighborhood, my neighborhood at that time had taken a couple steps back, just like everybody's did in the 80s. Well, not everybody's, just like a lot of neighborhoods did in the 80s with the infiltration of uh, drugs and weapons. We didn't have handguns when I was a kid. They had guns, they weren't handguns. It was something, I remember, people using shotguns that were kind of sawed off. And my thinking on that was that they couldn't shoot, so they would just aim into a crowd. Hey, it's sad, but it happened. But when I came back to Philadelphia and I didn't have any job prospects, 
I can say this now. I use everything I knew and everything I learned growing up in that neighborhood to find myself another opportunity. Um, there were loan sharks in the city. And if you could borrow money from a loan shark, you would pay them back the next week. Pay them extra, which is called the VIG. So if I borrowed $500, I had to pay, VIG was 25%, so I paid $625 back. So one week I borrowed $500, paid $625 back. The next week I borrowed $1,000, paid $1,250 back. The third week I borrowed $1,500, took a bus to North Carolina and then a bus to California. And if I hadn't done that, I probably, I don't know, I don't know. I just knew that after leaving Philadelphia, going to the grass of North Carolina, and getting back to Philadelphia with nothing other than a degree in my pocket, it wasn't enough. And fortunately, it worked out. So, take a minute, think about your packs. Think about the way you came up, the people you are still connected with, and all those people you are connected with that you might not communicate with. Talk to them again, y'all. Let them talk to you. This is the Talk It Out podcast on a Saturday afternoon. Well, okay, Saturday evening. In focus. Still running with my packs. My neighborhood, Fotas. My boys, college, choir brothers, choir sisters, everybody. Stay connected, y'all, and be blessed. Talk to you soon. Oh, this is Frankie Beverly and Mays. Golden time of day. Hey. Golden time of life. Talk to you soon.